teachings of the Ascended Masters have been called the path above the path. The Ascended Masters themselves are the saints and sages of East and West, and their teachings incorporate the original core beliefs of all the world's major religions. No matter which religious path you follow, you will find these teachings equally compelling. This is The Open Door. Come along with us as we explore the teachings of the Ascended Masters. Here are the hosts for The Open Door, Ross Brunson and Tom Schumacher. Hello, everyone. Uh, Greetings again. Thanks for joining us. You are tuned to The Open Door, the internet voice of the Summit Lighthouse, where we publish and practice the teachings of the Ascended Masters. I'm Tom Schumacher. And I'm Ross Brunson. Today, our focus is on the heart, Mm -hmm. which means we're going to talk about, drum roll, love. (laughs) Oh, boy, love. You know, this is something we all naturally want, isn't it? Mm -hmm. I mean, in fact, when you get right down to it, love is something we really can't live without. Are you getting all the love you want and need? Mm, you're not um, pointing at me. Not pointing at you, Ross. No. Well, are any of us? I mean, <laughs> we probably could all use a little bit more love in our lives. You know, and we know one simple yet profound way to do that. To have more love in our lives, we have to. And this doesn't always make sense. Yeah. Give more love. Yep. Give more love. Piece of cake, right? <laughs> not, 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 <laughs> not always, no. Uh, most people could probably give you at least three reasons or more right now why they don't have enough love in their lives. And... Yeah, kind of antithetically, giving more love isn't the choice that they always make for how to get that love. Yeah, you know, and hey, we're not pointing the finger at anyone here. Mm, Well, maybe Sid. (laughs) (laughs) We're not pointing at anybody. This is one we can keep right at home in our own heart. Yeah, indeed. You know, in a few moments, we'll take a closer look at some of the hidden blocks we have to giving and receiving more love. Well, but here's an important point that we want to make about love and the spiritual path. Right. As the Apostle John said, he that loveth not knoweth not God, for God is love. You know, can it be made any more plain than that? No. I mean, God created the universe so that we could experience the wonders of his love. And so, Tom, we, we must learn to expand our capacity to love yeah. because in reality, we have to learn to expand our experience of God. And the place within us where love resides is in the heart. The heart chakra. Yep, right. And if you recall from a couple of our earlier programs... The heart chakra is located right where you would expect it to be located. Was that a Captain Obvious moment? (laughs) Indeed it was. (laughs) Our audience will appreciate the fact that you're actually pointing to your chest. Well, you know, visual aids. (laughs) For the radio, yes. Oh, (laughs) you've got a point there. Well, then, here's another obvious fact that may not translate all that well on radio. The color associated with the healthy heart chakra is pink. You're on a roll. (laughs) You know, all kidding aside, rose pink is the color of love. That rosy glow that we feel when we're experiencing love. And this experience is something deeply and inherently natural to all of us. Okay, so why is it that we have trouble sometimes giving and receiving love? Well, it may sound like a simplistic answer, but perhaps we haven't learned to appreciate who we truly are. Back again to our common theme of being co-creators with God, aren't we? That's right. Can't get away from it. Mm -hmm. Co-creators with God. But even more basic than that, we are one with God, which makes us one with love. And that's what we're all here to rediscover, our oneness with God and love, and the ultimate importance of replacing our focus on lesser things and putting our attention instead on love above all. Again, so why does it always seem to get so complicated? Well, perhaps in our earlier life, or in earlier (laughs) lifetimes, we developed issues around love and loving. (laughs) You think? (laughs) Well, life's journey is not always easy. Well, that's another understatement, Tom. But (laughs) but you're right. Life can be 
well, frankly, hazardous to your health. <laughs> and we often make choices in response to the challenges that we have in life that seem safe, that don't let us become so vulnerable to the peaks and valleys of life and love. Yeah, peaks and valleys. So love is the high road. Huh? Well, it's oftentimes the path less traveled. Hmm. But it's the one sure and unerring path to God. You know, and beyond the compassionate and nurturing nature of love that we are most familiar with, there is also the dynamic and powerful side of love that takes us into greater and higher dimensions of spiritual growth. Life, God, spiritual growth, higher paths, love is the one thing that ties them all together. You know, Mark Prophet once said, all experiences on earth are to teach us the meaning of love. Right, and he also said that love is the power that shakes the universe and sounds the one pure tone that gives every man the freedom to embrace his own divine presence and his own divine plan. You know, so we might say that love is an unerring spiritual path. Well, it takes us right back to where we began, the heart of God. Amazing, isn't it? What? Well, that no matter what subjects we entertain on this program or where our discussions take us, it isn't long before we come back to those basic questions we outlined when we first began our show. Oh, you mean, who am I? Yep. Why am I here? Where am I going? And of course, how do I get there? These are the questions we are all here to answer. And as we said at the outset of today's program, love is perhaps the most essential key of them all for figuring out the who, the what, the why, and the where, and the how of life in our road home to God. Well, and now for a little more on the whys and wherefores of love, here's our friend Terry Kennedy reading an excerpt from The Alchemy of the Heart, How to Give and Receive More Love by Elizabeth Clare Prophet and Patricia Spadaro. When you get right down to it, there is nothing more important than increasing our capacity to love. A disciple once asked Gautama Buddha, would it be true to say that a part of our training is for the development of love and compassion? The Buddha replied, No, it would not be true to say this. It would be true to say that the whole of our training is for the development of love and compassion. The Apostle John said essentially the same thing in his beautiful exposition on love. This is the message that ye heard from the beginning, that we should love one another. He that loveth not knoweth not God, for God is love. If God is love and we are made in the image and likeness of God, as both Genesis and the scriptures of the East tell us, then at our very core we too are love. God created the universe so that we and He could experience more of the wonders of that love. That is why most, if not all, of the critical issues in our life revolve around the innate need to give love and to receive love. When we lament the lack of appreciation or respect or even self-esteem in our life, what we are really yearning for is love. When we feel compelled to take those tortuous twists and turns through the labyrinth of life, painful as they may be, it's because we're trying to recapture the experience of divine love that is native to our soul. The labyrinth takes us over the high peaks and into the deep chasms of our own inner terrain. The landscape has been shaped by our karma, the consequences of the choices we have made in the past to love or not to love. Each time we come to a why in the road, we again come face to face with the choice to love or not to love, to open our heart and share our gifts, or to shut down and pretend no one is home. Since the journey is not always easy, at times we take the safer, lower road so we can catch our breath. And sometimes we never make it back to the high road. It's understandable. Maybe we were deeply hurt in this life or a past life, 
and we don't want to open our hearts and be rejected again. Maybe we're angry with others or even with God for the loss of a loved one. Or maybe we feel guilty about our own shortcomings and have convinced ourselves that we don't deserve to be loved. In some cases, we unconsciously wall ourselves off. We retreat into the castle of our heart and position layers upon layers of defenses around it so that no one will get too close to us and we won't get too close to anyone else. But these defenses keep us insulated from the very thing we crave, an intimate experience of giving and receiving love. That's when the universe conspires to wake us up and get us back on the high road. Mark L. Prophet once said, All experiences on earth are to teach us the meaning of love. All relationships on earth are to teach us the meaning of love. Everything that takes place for the education of the soul is to teach it the meaning of love. Because love is the power that shakes the universe and sounds the one pure tone that gives to every man the freedom to embrace his own divine presence, his own divine plan. If we can embrace this truth, that all our experiences are designed to teach us how to give and receive more love, then suddenly the circumstances of our life make sense. We are awakened to the need for a higher walk with love, and the journey into those deep chasms and over those high peaks becomes a sacred trek. Be patient toward all that is unsolved in your heart and try to love the questions themselves. Rainer Maria Rilke once said, Live the questions now. How can I open my heart and freely share my love with others? How can I empower my heart so I can fulfill my reason for being and soothe those who are in pain? How can I heal my own heart from the pain of the past and expand my capacity to love? How can I give to others and still find time to nurture myself? How can I enter my heart to fan the inner fires of love? How can I become a living transformer of love? When we return, we'll hear an interview with Elizabeth Clare Prophet entitled, The Flame in the Heart. Don't go away. Awakened Media for a Transforming World. Seventh Wave Network. The Mayan calendar tells us that we will be entering into a 260-day opportunity for us to engage in conscious co-creation with Great Spirit. How will we prepare ourselves for this exciting and unprecedented time in Earth's history? Peter Tong has dedicated over 20 years of his life's work to exploring that which is beyond understanding. Peter will help increase your awareness and education on this enlightening transformation in consciousness. Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation airs live Wednesdays at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on 7th Wave Network. Who am I? Why am I here? Where am I going? And how do I get there? These are some of the basic questions we all ask ourselves on the spiritual path, and the answers we find certainly vary. Who are you? You are a child of God, and as a child of God, you carry within you the seed of actually becoming God. This seed is your Christ self, the same in you that is in Jesus Christ. Why are you here? To master yourself in order to graduate from Earth's schoolroom and reunite with the heart of God. Essentially, you are following in the footsteps of Jesus and other great saints and sages who have gone before. Where are you going? Home. Call it nirvana, the hereafter, the heaven world, whatever you want. 
It's the next stop on your journey. And finally, how do you get there? Let us show you how. Visit us at www.tsl.org. We are the Summit Lighthouse. We practice and publish the teachings of the Ascended Masters, and we've got answers to all of your questions. Visit tsl.org today. The Summit Lighthouse. Master yourself. Become God. Be extraordinary. Seventh Wave Network. You are listening to The Open Door, hosted by Ross Brunson and Tom Schumacher. If you have a question or comment about our series, please send your emails to webradio at tsl.org. That's webradio at tsl.org. Now, back to The Open Door. Welcome back. In the following interview, Elizabeth Clare Prophet talks about the heart as the key chakra in our personal temples, plus more on the violet flame as the alchemical key to truly experiencing the heart flame and bringing about true healing. Our interviewer is Doug Kenyon. We talked yesterday about the four lower bodies. Where do we go from here in healing? Understanding the four lower bodies is obeying the ancient injunction, man, know thyself. And man must know himself in order to heal himself. The four lower bodies are vehicles. They are interpenetrating sheaths of consciousness. Along with these vehicles, which are referred to as coats of skins in Genesis, and notice that that coats is plural and not singular, denoting that there are these four vehicles. Along with these, then, there are centers of God consciousness which interpenetrate through the four lower bodies. The seven major centers are corresponding to the seven rays of the Christ and the Buddha. These seven centers are called chakras. A chakra is a wheel, a vortex of light. Its purpose is to take in light as nourishment for the four lower bodies and to give forth light. The sending forth of the light is an action of alpha. The taking in of light is an action or reaction of omega. So the going out and the coming in of energies within the chakras is another balance of the father-mother god within the temple. The key chakra of the temple is the heart, because in the heart is the threefold flame of life. The threefold flame of life is one with the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit at all hours of the day and night. And therefore, right within this temple, upon the altar of the heart, there is burning a flame that is actually God in manifestation. It is through this flame that we can invoke the light of Father, Son, and Holy Spirit for the redistribution of energies in the temple when there is disorder or dis-ease or discord that is the absence of wholeness. In our meditation then upon Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, we visualize the I am that I am as a great sphere of white light pulsating just above 
our own being. Coming forth out of this white sphere is all of the energy of God that is necessary for the manifestation of wholeness. We are taught by the Holy Spirit that the violet flame must blaze through and pour through our temple to sweep it clean, to consume this cause and core of our misuse of energy in this and past incarnations. For the disciple of the new age, the one entering the age of Aquarius, who has sensed the new dispensation, the new energy, but is not quite certain what that energy is, we draw attention to the Master Saint Germain. Saint Germain is the one who comes to teach us the alchemy of the violet flame, and it is his initiation of his disciples. It is the coming of the promised comforter. The beginning of healing is forgiveness. We then must call upon that law of forgiveness and use its instrument, the violet flame, to overcome those conditions that have caused us the karma, the negative karma that has created disease. Does this mean that someone can use the violet flame to heal, say, the common cold? This certainly can be accomplished. And the healing of the common cold, of course, which is a manifestation of emotional substance or an emotional disorder, comes not only with the violet flame, but with the correct balance of energies within the physical body, because it now has become physical, translated from the emotional level. And so we deal with the very chemistry of the physical body itself. Now, this subject is vast. It includes correct diet and the uses of chemistry that are prescribed by physicians. The use of the violet flame, however, is extremely effective, and it can also deal with the problems of biochemistry within the physical body. I'd like to give you an example of the violet flame once again because it is so necessary in this age and it really is the key to our initiation in this new energy. I am the violet flame in action in me now. I am the violet flame to light alone I bow. I am the violet flame in mighty cosmic power. I am the light of God shining every hour. I am the violet flame blazing like a sun. I am God's sacred power freeing everyone. This mantra which comes from the heart of Saint Germain uses the name of God I am with a series of affirmations of this sacred fire. We must always bear in mind that when we say I am, we are affirming God in me is. The energy of the I am that I am is qualified now with the violet flame by the action of the Trinity within my heart, which is God's gift to me in the endowment of my very own threefold flame. So when we say, I am the violet flame in action in me now, we are saying, God in me is the violet flame in action in me now. This is a very interesting law of force fields. We are declaring that where I am, there God is. And where God is, he is the fullness 
of this action, this specific action of the violet flame, which is his very own being. It takes then understanding of the law and meditation upon this being of God, which is where I am, to make this use of the science of the spoken word effective. We are not absently or vainly repeating words when we give these mantras. We are entering into a very sacred science of the priest of the order of Melchizedek. It is a sacred science whereby man voluntarily enters into a oneness with his creator, becoming co-creator with him as he is ordained to be. The mediator of this co-creation is always the real self, the anointed one, the Christ. I will give this decree again and ask our listeners to meditate upon the heart as a white sphere and to visualize a greater white sphere above the self. Through this mantra, there is going to be a converging of the sphere within the heart that surrounds the threefold flame with a sphere that is the I Am Presence. This convergence of God above with God below is the essence of our healing and our wholeness. I am the violet flame in action in me now. I am the violet flame to light alone I bow. I am the violet flame in mighty cosmic power. I am the light of God shining every hour. I am the violet flame blazing like a sun. I am God's sacred power freeing everyone. You'll notice that when I give that mantra, it is a voice that is different from my speaking voice. It is God in me speaking from the very depths of my heart and my soul. I have been decreeing, of course, for many, many years. And when I open my mouth and center my energies in the heart, I am surrendering totally my temple and my being and my centers to God. And this centering allows the energy of the Holy Spirit to use my throat center. And the same will happen with our listeners as they become comfortable with the understanding of the self as being the instrument of God. Can you tell us what's actually happening when people invoke the violet flame? I'd like to read to you from Climb the Highest Mountain where Mark and I have recorded St. Germain's teaching on the violet flame. The Master says, The violet flame is the spiritual wine of forgiveness. The quality of mercy that, as Portia said, is not strained, that droppeth as the gentle rain from heaven upon the place beneath. It is twice blessed. It blesseth him that gives and him that takes. When the violet flame is invoked by unascended man, it envelops each atom of his being individually, and instantaneously a polarity is set up between the white fire core of the atom which being matter assumes the negative pole, and the white fire core of the flame, which being spirit, assumes the positive pole. The dual action of the sacred fire in the center of the atom and in the violet flame without establishes a force field that causes the untransmuted densities to be dislodged from between the electrons. As this substance is loosed, the electrons begin to spin more rapidly in their orbits, and by centrifugal force it is thrown into the violet flame, 
on contact with this fiery essence of freedom's flame, the misqualified energy is transmuted into its native purity. Relieved of the patterns of imperfection, this energy of the Holy Spirit is returned to the individual's causal body, where it is stored until he elects to use it once again in the manifestation of the noble work of the Christ on earth as it is in heaven. Thank you very much. Up next, our weekly Q&A, and today, once again, we are joined by our good friend, Sidney Bennett. Please stay with us. Your online community for positive change. Seventh Wave Network. Who am I? Why am I here? Where am I going? And how do I get there? These are some of the basic questions we all ask ourselves on the spiritual path, and the answers we find certainly vary. Who are you? You are a child of God, and as a child of God, you carry within you the seed of actually becoming God. This seed is your Christ self, the same in you that is in Jesus Christ. Why are you here? To master yourself in order to graduate from Earth's schoolroom and reunite with the heart of God. Essentially, you are following in the footsteps of Jesus and other great saints and sages who have gone before. Where are you going? Home. Call it nirvana, the hereafter, the heaven world, whatever you want. It's the next stop on your journey. And finally, how do you get there? Let us show you how. Visit us at www.tsl.org. We are the Summit Lighthouse. We practice and publish the teachings of the Ascended Masters, and we've got answers to all of your questions. Visit tsl.org today. The Summit Lighthouse. Master yourself. Become God. Technology is changing the way we live our lives and how we do business. On CIO Talk Radio, we talk about the benefits of technology and the great things it allows us to do, as well as its risks. Heard every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Central, 7 a.m. Pacific, Sunjo Gall interviews business leaders and other experts that are shaping the way we use technology. To learn more about this show, visit www.ciotalkradio.com. Keep up with the changing world of technology and listen to CIO Talk Radio with Sunjo Gall. Listen in every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Central, 7 a.m. Pacific, right here on Voice America Business. Listening on a higher dimension. Seventh Wave Network. You are listening to the Open Door, hosted by Ross Brunson and Tom Schumacher. If you have a question or comment about our series, please send your emails to webradio at tsl.org. That's webradio at tsl.org. Now, back to The Open Door. We're back, and joining us again is Sidney Bennett. It's been a couple weeks, and we missed you, Sid. Good to be back. Yeah, you know, I missed you, too. (laughs) You know, um, I suspect this one question could keep us busy for the rest of our show. (laughs) You know, is it true that it is through the heart that true spiritual growth and ultimately our ascensions are attained? Yes. Next question. (laughs) Yeah, thank you. I I, I knew it was a positive answer. That's right. No, I I think that, that, you know, this is, it sounds simple, Mm -hmm. but it's an incredible concept when you think about it. 
most of us, and I think society in general, thinks about the center of consciousness as being in the brain, right. as being in the mental body. Right. And we reward people that are smart, that can do things with their brain, be creative. We honor those that are intellectually uh, learned and know all these things. Mm -hmm. But the only catch of that is it doesn't mean a lot in terms of your relationship with God and in terms of making your ascension. So is, is, is it true, Sid, when you look at this and this kind of skewing towards the, the intellectual, that this again is the intellectual is the yellow or the yellow plume the the love mm -hmm. the heart is the pink plume of the threefold flame and everything kind of has to be in balance isn't that well, kind well of it this? does and i think all those things the, the intellect and so forth has a very important mm -hmm. body important part in our path and our service and so forth but i think the difference is the misuse of that and you talk about wisdom you know uh, i think it's uh, maybe hebrews i'm not sure but it says you know the the wisdom of man is foolishness to god uh -huh. And so people that think through their intellect or through their ability to do things with their mind, um, somehow that's going to get them where they need to go. But I think what we need to understand is the development of the heart. Mm -hmm. It's the feeling the presence of God within our hearts. It's tuning into that presence, hearing the still small voice, the voice of conscience, and also manifesting that love within our hearts that is absolutely key. Because unless we have love, there can't be the union with God, as we heard God is love. And again, yeah. it sounds right. very simple. But it's very profound and, and very deep. You know, there are 12 petals in the heart chakra, and we're taught that there's 12 tones of love in each one of those petals. So uh -huh. there's 144 tones of mm -hmm. love within your heart. Now, how many do we know? You know, I think there's probably room to, to grow there and learn some more. So it, <laughs> well, you're two ahead of me. No. Okay. Um, but, but the key is that it's a shift of consciousness. Yeah. And, and when we understand that, we can get closer to God. You know, we were talking um, uh, last week or perhaps a week before about the various colors that are associated with the heart chakra and that pink in particular, pink and rose, you know, is, is, is a primary. But as you just pointed out, 144 tones would seem to also indicate that there's probably 144 shades. It's kind of like Eskimos in the number of ways they can say snow or have sure. a word to describe it. I was just thinking as you were saying that, that uh, qualities like passion and courage are associated with the heart and not the head. Mm -hmm. And yet you can have an idea that you can feel passionate about and somehow there's a marriage between the two in particular. The question would be, the heart thinks in some way, doesn't it? I mean, Well, there, there is consciousness in your heart. Yeah. And when we learn to make decisions from our heart, we can make decisions in attunement with God and the presence of God within us, and there'll be much better decisions. Yeah. I mean, we have the wisdom of the heart. You know, there's the love of the heart, but there's the wisdom mm -hmm. of the heart. My heart tells me. Have you ever heard someone say that? This yeah. is not the right thing to do, yeah. or I need to do this. My heart tells me. It may be different from what my intellect tells me, but I know it's true because I can feel it and understand it. So understanding the consciousness within your heart and becoming one with that, because that is your holy Christ self, that is your guardian angel, whatever you want to be, what do you want to call it? Mm -hmm. And that is key to spiritual progress. Well, I, I think like we've, all, we've all had somebody around us who, who has made an intellectual decision, and you look at it, and the, the thing you want to say to them is, I have a heart, man. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah. it's like it's great to make that decision that way, but there is something mm -hmm. that modifies it when, we, when we, we think, as it were, I use air quotes, with our heart. So that brings us to the next one. I mean, it's no surprise that most of modern psychology and psychiatry has a lot to do with the intricacy of love and loving. No kidding. But, yeah, you know, one out of every one. But when, <laughs> but when you're discussing psychological health, why do you think it is that God is so seldom mentioned? Is it that, that degree of, of uh, dependency on the intellect? Well, that's part of it, but I think the main thing is a, is a perspective or an understanding. It's a lack of understanding of who we are, 
that we're created in the image of God. We are intended to be co-creators of God. Mm -hmm. It's a lack of awareness of past lives or momentums or patterns that we've carried forth from us. And um, it's a lot of intricacies that are spiritual in nature that many people don't mm -hmm. recognize. And that's tragic because it's like treating the symptoms without going after the cause. And, you know, one of the things that a lot of people work on are their emotions. Mm -hmm. And obviously that's a key part. Mrs. Prophet talked about our four lower bodies. If we only work on our emotions, we're ignoring the other three. Yeah, and, right. and if we do that, we can't have true healing. And mm -hmm. so that's why God and the understanding of the spiritual path are absolutely essential to understanding our psychology. And, and by the way, I want to mention the Ascended Masters are great supporters of working on your psychology yeah. and good, good um, getting the spiritual counseling, talking to people, because psychology can often be a problem that holds us back on the path. It might be something that happened in this lifetime or a previous lifetime we're not even aware of. But working on your psychology is absolutely key to spiritual progress. We don't mm -hmm. normally think of those two in conjunction. But if you're on a spiritual mm -hmm. path, you're going to reach a point where you have to deal with your psychology or you won't be able to go any higher. I remember right. um, many years ago um, being in therapy, actually, and asking the person I was being counseled by um, why she had not mentioned God in the course of mm -hmm. this whole thing about love and mm -hmm. all that. And she said, oh, God just complicates things. <laughs> and I thought... Okay, I think this is our last session. <laughs> Perhaps there was a thunderous clap and God said, I feel the same way. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> well, you know, um, speaking of, of, of love as the um, quintessential synonym for mm -hmm. God, you know, God is love. So you really can't extricate one from the other. I mean, it, it's simply not possible. Well, again, it's the perspective you bring to things. And I, I, I want to mm -hmm. just, you know, we, we talk about a lot of different things on this show but it's an understanding of who we are, as you suggested, mm -hmm. or as Ross suggested, mm -hmm. the basic questions. Mm -hmm. And once you have that understanding of who you are and where you're going, oh, how do I fit the pieces of the puzzle in? Right. What do I need to do to correct this mistake, this past error, this momentum, right. whatever is limiting the manifestation of God within me? It, it's, it's really very profound when you change your perspective. Don't try and perfect the human, but try and integrate God within you and get rid of those blocks that prevent it. Exactly. Mm -hmm. it's, in other words, it's not just one solution. It's a mixture. <laughs> Absolutely. You know, everything it, is a mixture. It's, well, it's the all solution. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, we understand from Scripture that having all knowledge yet not having love is empty. So how do we educate the heart to fulfill our true and full spiritual potential? Well, I, I think I would radiate here that there is, this is a path that we're walking. And on this path, there are tools and techniques and things we need to do to further ourselves on that path. The development of the chakras and the heart chakra in particular is absolutely key to our spiritual progress. Mm -hmm. We know that love is the key. Well, you might say, I love, so isn't that enough? Well, yes, it is enough <laughs> it, it, at one level. But in another level, um, do you truly love? Yeah. And what, what right. do we understand the nuances of love? We develop the heart chakra the same way we develop our muscles. You know, we exercise mm -hmm. them, we work them, right. we learn them, we do those things that we can learn from. When we understand that heart is the center of consciousness and not our mental body, then we can understand we have to work with this. Just as we train our mind and educate our mind, we must educate our heart. Mm -hmm. And this is something we're not teaching our children in school, is no. how do you educate the heart? We're educating their brain, but not their hearts. And that's, of course, a very important role of parents. Mm -hmm. But understanding the difference is absolutely key. For instance, what's the difference between compassion and empathy and sympathy? Mm -hmm. One mm -hmm. raises you up, one pulls you down. Yeah. Um, it's very subtle. Mm -hmm. But unless you have education, then you need to understand what these things are, or you're going to make the mistake over and over again. Yep. Same thing. Remember years ago, asking my dad what the difference is because he always stressed empathy instead of sympathy. And I said, "What's the difference?" And he said, "Sympathy is when you get involved." 
He said, empathy is when you understand. Mm -hmm. No, in other words, you can see what a person is going through and you can, you can understand that, but you don't feel personally involved or somehow too drawn in into it. Well, well I think it's, you know, sympathy pulls you down. In other words, yeah. oh, you poor person, these terrible things have happened to you, you know, and, and you can feel the energy just drop. Mm -hmm. And you're not really helping the person at all. Whereas you said, I understand you have great pain. This is a loss. Mm -hmm. You know, this is a way you might yeah. be able to deal with it. You know, you give them kind of solutions. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and help and, and support versus pity, which right. is sometimes what sympathy denigrates into. Well, and I think, too, there was a great definition given of sympathy as agreement with limitation. You sympathize with somebody. You're basically saying, oh, you, you poor thing. I, I agree with you. You're limited. You don't have a way out. Whereas compassion gives you a oneness with the, the tool, the key that we've spoken like about bridge, all day. It's almost a bridge. A absolutely. And I think the other thing, you know, we've talked about the fallen angels on this show before. <laughs> and so if they don't get light from God, how do they get light from the people right. that have the light? Sympathy is one way. Oh, poor me. I'm cut yeah. off from God. The pity well, party. Why did you cut off from God? Yeah. You chose to be cut off from God. You're not going to get the light that God has given me. But that's what they try and do. They try and create sympathy for themselves. That's another way they can get light from the light bearer because they don't get it anymore. What was that song? Oh, Sympathy for the Devil. Yeah. Yes, I was just sitting here thinking about <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah, I knew you were. Wow, that was, a, that was an interesting one. Yeah. Well, so we know that we have to educate our heart. We, we know that this, the heart is actually kind of like the center of our, of our consciousness now. So along with the education of the heart, what can we do, because it's so important, to guard the heart? Yeah. Well, this happens at many levels, including the physical heart. You know, the physical heart must be protected through right diet and the things that we do and so forth and taking care of our physical body. Mm -hmm. And the same way, the spiritual heart must also be protected. Um, you have light in your heart. You must guard that heart. It is there for you to give to mm -hmm. God's people on this earth, but it's not there to squander and to misuse. When we get engaged in anger, when we lose our temper, uh, which we all do, I think, from time to time at various degrees, we lose light. Light is misqualified. Mm -hmm. And again, it goes to those forces that don't have light. And so we must guard that light within our hearts and must protect it. Um, there are things that go against that light. Um, for instance, rock music, which mm -hmm. um, seems oh. innocent, but what it does, the rock beat actually is physically harmful to the heart and spiritually harmful to the heart. Right. And so we must guard that, whereas the waltz, which is in tunement with the heartbeat, can be very healing. So we physically guard the heart, but we also physically guard the light within the heart. Because mm -hmm. if we squander that light and misuse it, God is not going to give us more. And yet we have to know when to give it to people and when to, when to guard it. Well, you know, we've got to take a break here. We don't want to. <laughs> and surprise, that one question did not take up the entire rest of the show, but <laughs> yeah. we've got more. <laughs> so when we return, we're going to continue the, our discussion of love, the heart chakra, and our purpose for being. Please stay with us. The new home for visionary positive change. Seventh Wave Network. Who am I? Why am I here? Where am I going? And how do I get there? These are some of the basic questions we all ask ourselves on the spiritual path, and the answers we find certainly vary. Who are you? You are a child of God, and as a child of God, you carry within you the seed of actually becoming God. This seed is your Christ self, the same in you that is in Jesus Christ. Why are you here? To master yourself in order to graduate from Earth's schoolroom and reunite with the heart of God. Essentially, you are following in the footsteps of Jesus and other great saints and sages who have gone before. 
Where are you going? Home. Call it Nirvana, the hereafter, the heaven world, whatever you want. It's the next stop on your journey. And finally, how do you get there? Let us show you how. Visit us at www.tsl.org. We are the Summit Lighthouse. We practice and publish the teachings of the Ascended Masters, and we've got answers to all of your questions. Visit tsl.org today. The Summit Lighthouse. Master yourself. Become God. Now there's a new destination for video content, voiceamerica.tv, just like our radio channels and so much more. Voice America Variety, Health and Wellness, Business, Sports, Green Talk, Power Up Motorsports, and 7th Wave Network now have their own video channel components. Plus, check out exclusive programming, including movies, music, educational courses, science and history, current events, and short features. High-definition, premier-quality programs available 24-7, voiceamerica.tv. If you think you've seen online TV like this before, let us support you. Taking you to the threshold of a dream and beyond. Seventh Wave Network. You are listening to The Open Door, hosted by Ross Brunson and Tom Schumacher. If you have a question or comment about our series, please send your emails to webradio at tsl.org. That's webradio at tsl.org. Now, back to The Open Door. Well, we are back for our final segment. Um, for more discussion with Sydney Bennett on the subject of love, the heart, and reuniting with the oneness of God. Nice, uh, light subjects, aren't they? Lovely. Yes. <laughs> Well, it's becoming clear from our discussion that there's a lot more to the heart than we, most of us, realize. You know, we've just spoken about educating the heart and guarding the heart. But we also want to learn to listen for the wisdom that's in our hearts. How do we do that? You know, one of my favorite quotes from the Bible is, be still and know that I am God. And that is so profound when you think Mm -hmm. about it. But what does our society do today? It does everything to prevent people from becoming still. It prevents our children from becoming still. They're mm. overstimulated. Um, right. They've got activities from morning to night. Um, <laughs> they've got the media. They've got the computer games. They've got everything. And even for adults, you know, there's always something going on. Why do people walk around with, you know, their headsets on? Yeah. or listening to music or that? You know, it's impossible for people to hear God. There's yeah. so much noise going out there. How can you know the wisdom of God and feel the presence of God? And how can you hear your voice of conscience, which is really the voice of God within you and the voice of your Holy Christ self? Be still and know that I am God. You have to set aside times in your life when you can be quiet, peaceful, just you and God, whether it's walking in nature or finding a room in your home, you can dedicate to that, but you must be still, talk to God, listen to God, hear that voice, because if we ignore it for too long, it'll go away. And that goes away, we've lost that that, that contact. Yeah, you know, I, I remember some months back, we talked about the signal to noise ratio. Mm-hmm. That's exactly what you're talking about, is that we have so much noise in our environment that the signal is obscured, and our spiritual path is to reduce the noise, increase the signal. That's right, and you have to find the time in your schedule, because for me, it's early in the morning. That's the only time I can count on when I can really talk to God mm-hmm. and, and, and try and listen, too. I like to give God a chance to speak as well. Um, but <laughs> it's good you know, of you. <laughs> you got to find some time in your life to do that. Yeah. Otherwise, mm-hmm. it'll never happen. Well, you know, I, I'm reminded of this uh, situation where I'm, somebody said, you know, why, something happened to them. You know, it was a catastrophic event. And they said, what, what, 
why didn't God say anything to me? And it hit me, and I said, well, you know, maybe God could get through. You know? <laughs> and he tried all the soft, quiet, calm ways, and then he had to reach in, you know, okay, so death, uh, you know, <laughs> you know uh, some sort of natural disaster. Right. How do we get your attention yeah. and get you to listen to that still, small voice? Right. You know, very important to, like you said. Also, um, we, we have our hearts educated. We've talked about protecting them now. Now, how do we do one of those most important steps? How do we clear our hearts? I mean, if we're going to listen to our heart and trust the wisdom that comes from that heart, is there anything that we can do in order to make it more likely that we can trust that wisdom? Well, well absolutely. Mm-hmm. Our hearts, think of a drain, if you will, that gets okay. plugged up. Um, you know, the water doesn't <laughs> yep. flow. Well, mm-hmm. our heart chakra and our other chakras get plugged up too, and the light doesn't mm-hmm. flow. Now, liquid draino may be good enough for some of those blockages, but at some point, you've got to get the Roto Rooter man down there uh, and really right. clear it out. The cosmic draino. Yeah. Absolutely. And that's where, that's where the violet flame comes in. The that's violet right. flame can actually transmute calcification and hardness around the heart. When you talk about someone who have a hard heart, it's not just a term. It actually can be a, a spiritual manifestations of hardness mm-hmm. or calcification. Hate, anger, resentment, those form hard substance. And until those are cleared away, you're not going to have the light flowing freely through your heart. You won't be experiencing the love of God and His grace of manifestation. And you certainly won't be able to hear the mm-hmm. presence of God. Yeah. And, and I want to just add something to that, you know, and that is in terms of, you know, challenging the spirits. If we, we can have things in our heart that are not of God. Mm-hmm. And, you know, God and the angels have a very strict protocol as when they will come to us, when we ask them to. But I can tell you, the demons, the discarnates, the fallen angels, they observe no such protocol. Right. They'll come when they want. <laughs> and so that's why you need that's light right. in the heart to displace whether it's hardness or heart or energies or mm-hmm. whatever that is not of God there. Mm-hmm. And that's where the violet flame is key um, right. to doing that. Sure. Well, you know, we've all, we've all had that situation with somebody, and sometimes multiple times, where the person is just miserable. You know what I mean? And, and, they, <laughs> and unfortunately, they have decided uh, not to keep their miserability to themselves. Uh, you know, you kind of want to say, would you please put us out of your misery? And now we can say, <laughs> do you understand the concept of the violet flame? Do you understand what you could be doing to yourself and the challenges you could be giving yourself by feeling this way? It, if people knew better, they would do better. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I think that's one of the premises of the Ascended Master's teachings. Good, good intentions are not enough. My father right. used to say good intentions are the road to hell. Mm-hmm. You know, and so it's not enough. We need to understand. We need to know better the whys, the wherefores, what we can do about a situation. Um, you know, when we understand that, and you know, it's not the end of the world if you have hardness of heart. Everybody has. Okay, right. let's get rid of it. We can experience God in a greater way. That's not who we really are. It's just some misqualified energy that we got to flush out of there. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. and kind of let it go instead of having it stick around. Yeah, right? don't yeah. think of it as you. It's not really you. Yeah. It's it's not the true you. Right. Yeah. You know, uh, in the interview with Elizabeth Prophet. Um, she was. She spoke about the uh, figure eight flow, the energy that flows to us from God's heart to our heart, and that this is something that is continuous if we're open to it. But we could probably block that one up too, which is not my question. I mean, I'm thinking just on making a statement about the fact that, like the drain you were talking about, uh-huh. the flow of love to us from the heart of God can be blocked. But I'm curious about this crystal stream of energy. Is there anything you can tell us that could maybe expand on that subject a bit? Well. The life that beats our heart is the crystal stream of God that comes from our mighty I am presence or the presence of God which each one of us. And we wouldn't live, move, and have our being without that light. And it manifests in the threefold flame within our hearts. And then we choose how to qualify it. We can qualify it with love or some of the negative traits we talked about. And, of course, it's up to us. But it's going to come back to us one way or the other. And so 
the sooner we can start qualifying that light and energy from God with purity, with love, with forgiveness, with all these things, the sooner we'll experience those things in our lives. It's just common sense, and, and it's the reality. Mm-hmm. Well, it's, I, I use an analogy with my little brother one time. He was talking to me about karma, and he didn't quite understand it. And I said, you know, you you got to love people. you got to understand what they're going through. I said, karma is like a boomerang. that just, You toss it out, and the moment you think you got away with it, whack. <laughs> you know? but, but there's one big difference between the boomerang and karma, which yeah. is a good analogy. Yeah. But whatever you send out picks up more of itself. That's and right. so it's not just what you send out. If you send out love, you're going to get more love back than you oh, send man. out. If you send out anger or hatred or resentment, guess what? That's a great point. It comes back multiplied. Yeah. So in respect to the figure eight flow we were just talking about, it is, you know, and, and the fact that what we send out then comes back to us, but it's kind of more so. I mean, you know, if we send out love and love come back to it, comes back to us, that's great. If we send out anger and discordant energy, it's really cosmic law that states you're going to get this back. Well, mm-hmm. absolutely. And like attracts like. That's mm-hmm. why it gains yeah. more of itself. And if you don't have love in your heart now or love in your life, it's a way, way to get it is start sending it out. And the wonderful thing is that it's just, sometimes this karma will come back from previous lifetimes. Mm-hmm. We may have love today, but there is karma from a long time ago that may be manifesting. Yep. That's where the violet flame comes in. It will help to mitigate, sometimes transmute that karma completely, mm-hmm. but at the very least mitigate its effect on you so it's not catastrophic. Yeah. And again... It's the grace of God and the mercy that and we mercy, have. Mercy, yeah. Indeed. Well, you know, we've spoken before about the secret chamber of the heart and that divine spark that resides there. I mean, what more can you tell us about this secret chamber? And, and, and hopefully, how can we interact with those energies pro- appropriately? You know, this is, I, when I first heard this teaching, I was so excited because <laughs> it's so profound and so beautiful. Within your heart chakra, there is a secret chamber. Mm. And you can think about it as a cathedral, as a temple, Whatever it is in terms of your own spiritual inclinations, you could even visualize what it looks like. But there is an altar in the secret chamber of the heart where you can go and worship and commune with God. Mm-hmm. And in the secret chamber is literally the threefold flame, the pink, the blue, and the white that God has given yeah. you that gives your life energy. That's on the altar. And also there is your higher self, your holy Christ self, your inner Buddha, your inner mm-hmm. self, whatever you want to call it, who, is, who serves at that altar. And you may talk to and, and go there. I visualize, I like to have Jesus be there as well. But you can close your eyes, you can meditate, you can enter in there, you can kneel in prayer and supplication, giving praise to God, asking God your questions, seeking answers, communing with God in the secret chamber of your heart. We don't necessarily need a physical church, although they're very nice, obviously, have sometimes. Mm-hmm. Yes. God is in our hearts, the altar is in our hearts, and we can go there anytime we want. It's our choice. God's going to be there. It's when we decide to go that we'll have that experience. You know, uh, you, the threefold flame, the the because um, we're talking about heart today and love, you know, being the pink, that power is the blue and wisdom is the yellow. There's really a fourth, which is not a color, but the white, the the purity within which it is held. Right. It's the white light of the mother. White light of the, the mother. The father right. in heaven, the mother on earth. Yeah. And there's a polarity between the two. And so our devotions to, to the mother through the rosary, through the feminine aspect of God, helps to develop that as well and keep, make us balanced human beings, about spiritual beings. Now, you told us, uh, again, this goes back a couple of months, I think, but that the threefold flame is roughly sixteenth uh, of an inch. Right. Not very big. Not very big. And it can be threatened by... Um, negative emotion. It can be anger, extinguished. extinguished. And, yeah. and that's a sobering thought when you think about it. Oof, just just because say. you lose your harmony once doesn't mean you've lost your threefold flame. But intense, repeated anger 
over a long period of time can cause that. And God can restore it, but it's, it's, a, it's a long walk back. And so that's why anger and these so forth are, are so detrimental to the spiritual path and to the soul. And along with the, uh, you can increase the height of the threefold flame. We mm-hmm. talked about that very devotion. Right. And then you want to balance them. Yep. We've talked yep. about that in the past as well. Talk about the quest for fire. You're not getting that. If it goes out, you're not getting it back with stick and stone on this one. You've got to apply <laughs> yeah. to God. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's a, a very, very serious thing to have happen. And so uh, make sure that you go back and review the previous shows that we had with regard to this. There's some oh, yeah. really good tips in there. Yep. Um, you know, one of the things that we that we do is we have a, a very wide range of feelings that can occur in the heart. You know, you have the soft, gentle impulses, you know, of love, of mourning, and then the fierceness of the warrior. And sometimes you have this this wonderful, you know, uplifting ecstasy almost of, of you know, like a saint feels. Um, that, that's quite a wide range of motion, you know, <laughs> and there's a lot of stuff in between there. That's the 144 um, tones. That's right. And, and, and some people even said, is it more than that? You know, yeah. so, uh, but the heart also reportedly thinks in a way. And we talked a little bit about that, that being the center of consciousness. Um, how exactly does that work? I mean, Well, I think you think of the presence of God within your heart. And so there is a consciousness there. And your oneness with that is the key to your spiritual progress and the answers to all the questions you might have. Mm-hmm. And as you become more integrated with God within you, then you understand more, you know the right way to go, you're able to correct things that have been blocks for you in the past and so forth. And so there is a wisdom of the heart that can help you all your way home. Mm-hmm. Very good. You know, before I forget, we mentioned a book earlier, Alchemy of the Heart. And for those who are interested, please go to our website and get a copy, tsl.org forward slash 4492. So that's tsl.org forward slash 4492, The Alchemy of the Heart. It's a wonderful little pocketbook. You know, and, and while we're uh, making a few plugs here, we mm-hmm. also have our summer conference coming up in a few short weeks here in Montana. And if you're interested in learning more about our conference, Please go to tsl.org forward slash events for all the details. That's right. You know, um, I think if we have a moment here, there's one, qu- there's one subject you brought up, Sid, that mm-hmm. I think everybody could hear a lot more about, and that is music. Um, you had mentioned that the, the waltz beat, the 3-4 time, is basically a, a time that beats in harmony with the heart, whereas some discordant beats like the 4-4 although not all of it, but certainly rock music as a particular example, can be very harmful to the heart because it, it, it creates an arrhythmia. Mm-hmm. Is that right? And is that Absolutely, something- it's true. And that not only can it be physically harmful, but it's spiritually harmful. And again, things such as rock music are designed to take the light that you have within your heart. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's lawfully yours, God has given you, and for the other precious people of God, and not for those that have misused it and turned away from God. You know, um, and unfortunately, too, this happens to us every, <laughs> every week, it seems. Right around this time. Yeah, right around this time, too. But that's all the time we have. But we want to ask you, please, to join us again next week, because we're going to turn our attention to Ascended Master Education. Um, you went to a Montessori school for a while, didn't you, Ross? Yes, God bless them. <laughs> <laughs> I did. And the Ascended Masters have fully endorsed the Montessori method, which we will cover in detail in next week's show. You know, and this is going to include an exclusive live interview with Mary Ellen Mons, who is a master Montessori teacher and certification expert who studied with Madame Elizabeth Gaspari, who in turn studied with Maria Montessori herself. An excellent lineage. Mary Ellen uh-huh. Mons is the, in the, the one alive and an embodiment about that. So be sure to join us next week. And until then, remember, though the upward path may difficult, be difficult, rewards are out of this world. That's right. Thank you very much, everyone. Uh-huh. Thank you again for joining us this week for The Open Door. 
This program is broadcast live every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on 7th Wave Network. For more information about The Open Door and the Summit Lighthouse, please visit our website at www.tsl.org. We'll see you again next week.